year what is going on everybody we back with another episode of from my experience podcast i'm your host rob back solo dz on this one i do have a special guest with me but as you know i like to start the show by thanking you our listeners for listening and supporting us in the facebook group and on instagram pardon my voice I got to get my energy up. I worked out today and I'm tired as hell. <laughs> I really am tired. Whew, but I feel good. I feel really good I'm trying to get back to the old me. So, hope y'all are doing well out there. Hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. Now, today's guest is a very special guest. This person is a brother to me on a couple of different levels and just life as a person as a best friend and in fraternity we met in college and we had similar backgrounds we were roommates and we've just been best friends ever since man this guy has been very inspirational. He served as motivation for me to get a lot of shit done in my life and to get up off my ass. We always have great conversations about life, business, and anything else you can think of. We have some crazy memories, <laughs> crazy memories from back in the day. And I would not trade any of those times for not well except for that tiger bomb thing but we ain't got to get into all that <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we have a member of united states military and founder owner creative director of the muscle over money urban fitness brand mr brandon palmore What's going on, man? What is going on, LB? Y'all are going to hear me call him LB. He is my line brother. We actually pledged Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated together in 2005, the greatest organization in the world. So if y'all hear me saying LB, that's what that stands for. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. You know, hopefully you're trying to maintain as usual. Yes, yes. Maintain is definitely the word. I was just about to say something about COVID-19, but I don't want to get off on a tangent already. But <laughs> I just had a conversation with somebody about that. And I'm just like, two conversations about that shit today. True. Yeah, it is definitely changing life. So glad all is well with you. So take people back. Let's take people back to when we met and how. <laughs> you laughing because you remember what I remember. Yeah, How man. we met, obviously we were roommates, but what do you remember from some of those days, man? Let's talk about some of those days, and then we're going to get up to, you know, your brand and everything. All right, cool, man. Um, so first of all, when we met, we actually weren't supposed to be roommates. Um, There's a, a guy um went to high school uh, a few miles down the road from me that was supposed to be my roommate, but I guess at the last minute they switched out, and that's when I met you. <laughs> oh, I remember you telling me. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty dope, man. I mean, you got to see uh, your parents. You got to see my mom's. Yep. 
And um, and know they wished us well, and that was it. Then we started acting a fool. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that was you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yo, man, I just those days of just being on the yard. Oh my yes. goodness, never coming to back to the room. <laughs> oh man, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Had to wait till nine o'clock to use the cell phone. Yep. Oh my goodness, yo. Damn, we old. <laughs> yeah, we getting there. <laughs> oh my gosh, yo. So, so, all right. We went through a lot of stuff when we went to Claflin. This is a fellow Panther as well, ladies and gentlemen. Forgot to mention that. Went through a lot of stuff at Claflin. Did a lot of things at Claflin. What was your journey like at Claflin? Because I know we started out in education together. Yeah. And then things changed. So tell me about what happened with you and why you decided to pursue another um, another degree. Well, um, initially, I believe both of us got uh, accepted into the Call Me Mr. program. Yep. And um, that program was to promote uh, African-American males in the school system. Um, initially, that's kind of what I wanted to do. The, the truth of the matter is I didn't even know I was going to be able to go to college because I got in a little trouble when I was younger. Um, luckily nothing on my record, but enough to straighten me up be like, yo, you need to take your butt to college. Um, so, you know, I got the scholarship and everything and I rolled with it. Um, but I think halfway through, I believe it was our sophomore year, you know, I kind of, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I was a little scared, man, because I can't remember the professor's name, but she talked about, uh, lawsuits, mm -hmm. you know, teachers getting, uh, sued and the South Carolina Education Association backing you up, you know, with like a million dollars, you know, for a lawsuit. I remember. Yes. And after that, I was like, I don't think that's really for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to get sued, man. I don't want to go that route. So, you know, I decided I was like, you know what, let me look at, uh, let me look at this philosophy and religion, you know, coming from uh, mainly a religious background. I said, you know, why not? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because in you know, my intentions, or what I thought or what I believe was that I was being called to preach. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where that idea came from, but I mean, that's where I was at the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I know mean, where the idea came from. I'm a, yeah. you, um, <laughs> you definitely, <laughs> you weren't a preacher, but you definitely touched a lot of people, man. Like you remember those prayer circles with your cousin, yeah. Travis, and oh yeah, man, you were a chaplain for our um, for our class and yeah. just people gravitated towards you man like people wanted to be around you people wanted to talk with you and people listened to what you had to say so yeah. it kind of it went hand in hand i'm not surprised well yeah, i appreciate that man i mean i kind of i guess where i'm at in my life now you know i really am not one to really try to give people advice i mean we've had those conversations right um i just try to talk to people but more more importantly i try to listen a lot more um, but I mean, that was a path I chose, but, you know, just being humble and looking back then, you know, I am gracious for that, being able to help people, at, at least, you know, I believe I was helping some people, but uh, also, you know, I had to help myself. So, you know, I had to take a step back from all that stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do enjoy, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the religion side of, you know, my degree, but I've been focusing on philosophy a lot lately, especially in my life now. Right. Okay. Philosophy is definitely important, and we definitely have a lot of conversations about that. So yeah. let's fast forward a bit because I don't want to talk too much about what we did in school. 
because <laughs> most of them we can't talk about anyway. If you hey, know, that's true. <laughs> if you know us, you know. If like Pusha oh, yeah. T said, if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. So graduation. Now, you graduated on time. I did not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know that when you graduated. You know, quite a quite a few things happened. So t- tell me about what happened after you graduated, or tell the listeners. I know, but okay. Well, before I graduated, I actually got in a um a bad car accident with an eighteen wheeler. Yeah. I think it was like nine days before, so I was a little banged up for graduation, but I still made it. Um, I tried to go home. You know, I was under the impression that having a degree <laughs> was an automatic end for a job. That of course did not work. Um, so I, I tried the Blue Cross Blue Shield thing, man. I just tried a little ins and out jobs, you know, and I ended up moving up to Virginia to uh, Richmond. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I became funny. You know, we talked about education. I actually went back in as a non therapeutic uh, counselor uh, to kids up in Virginia uh, uh, that were classified with emotional disturbances. Um, so I did that for like a year and a half. Fast forward to make it a quick story, end up coming back home couldn't keep a job, you know, talked to my grandfather and my father a little bit. And I was like, the hell with it, man. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, join the military. So that's what I did. All right. So you did, you did something I thought about as well, but I was fat. Um, <laughs> Cause I was at a bit of a crossroads. I was graduating late, having to pass praxis tests and yada, yada, yada. Um, but I never did, but I had, I do have, um, um, members, well, actually, is anyone active anymore? I don't think anyone else in my family is active anymore, but my father, my uncle, and my cousin were all military men. So, okay, you went into the military. What was that like for you? Now, I know, <laughs> just to preface this, y'all, and not shooting any bail, you can't talk about any and everything, because he's yeah. serious. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. Sir, I called that up. My cousin. <laughs> Wait, you hit the sir. <laughs> sir. Sir. I had to call that uh what my cousin called it when he went in the army is a uh they call it a LCE, a life changing event. <laughs> 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 sir, it was uh it was fun, man. I mean, you know, I uh I had to go to I'm in the Air Force. Um, so we have basic training at uh at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio. And uh, let's just say it was a fun, you know, uh, plane trip over there. But, sir, when that plane landed, it was on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That bus ride was one of the quietest bus rides I ever had in my life. The only way I can explain it is, uh, you remember the movie Dead Presidents? Yeah. At the end, Lorenz Tate was on that bus going to prison? Yeah. (laughs) Sir. (laughs) Look, got my look, man. My grandma said it. it was so quiet you can hear a mouse pissing on cotton. That's how quiet it was. <laughs> I could imagine the emotions yeah. and the feelings because we were, you were yeah. still mad young. Yeah, man. You were like I, what, 23, 24 maybe? Yeah, twenty three. Yeah, man. It was uh, it was definitely different, bro. Um, I ain't gonna lie though, I did have fun. You know, yeah, it, you good. get challenged, they challenge you physically and obviously mentally. And it's like you basically, they break you down and then build you back up to be an airman. Um, so I definitely enjoyed that part of my uh, 
of my journey. I mean, initially I was scared, I'm not gonna lie, and there's nothing like being <laughs> butterball naked in a shower with 60 other dudes. Not my <laughs> not my ideal cup of tea, um, but I wasn't the only one in there, you know, we we went through, man, so. Yeah. You know, they that, that shame and, and whatever you think you would be embarrassed about, man, all that goes out the window. And you just concentrate on getting out of basic, so. It's pretty fun, man. Oh, man. So, um, don't know how much you can say. So, after basic, I know that you were deployed. I don't remember how many times, but can you talk a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, man. Um, So, my job is uh, I'm a geospatial uh, analyst or intelligence analyst. So, you know, if you think maps, you think, uh, you know, everybody sees the movies with the the drones and things of that nature. That's uh, That falls in line with what I kind of do. Um, uh, so as far as my deployment, I've only deployed once. Okay. Um, I've been on a few TDYs, but, uh, I went to... I'm sorry, uh, what's a TDY? Oh, excuse me. A TDY is a temporary duty location. Okay. Excuse me. So it's not necessarily deployment, but you're away from your home station for, you know, maybe a considerable amount of time. Um, but as far as the deployment is concerned, I went to Iraq during Operation New Dawn. Uh, right after uh, Iraqi freedom. So it was an interesting time. Um, that was around the time that uh, Osama bin Laden was uh, killed. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine it was, a, it was a great time over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. You, a story you told yeah. me. And I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I can repeat it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's just say it was a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> what it was interesting, someone... though. What was it like? Like, what were some of the things that you saw when you were over there? So, I mean, I kind of it kind of opened my eyes, man, to like how big the world really is, man. Like, uh, I got a chance to visit one of Saddam Hussein's palaces, man, hmm. and it was, uh, I mean, it li- literally like a castle, man. It was, uh, it was amazing. Um, we got to feed his fish. <laughs> I don't know how the fish survived all of that, but uh. They had some Nigerian guards out there, man. You get get you little boxes of cereal, and you go out there and feed the fish, man. And it was it was pretty cool. Um, but we got an opportunity to get on the, the to climb up the roof or whatever, get on top of the roof of the palace, man, and look across. And our tour guy, he was basically showing us like, hey, man, this was Saddam's daughter's house, and this was his son-in-law. You know, all these palaces, man. It was amazing, and uh, you know, I was blessed to be like right outside of like. I could see the city, you know, every day. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it was cool, man. I enjoyed it. Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> so, then you, so how long were you over there? So I was over there for four months, 120 days. Luckily for me, um, that was our our operations tempo, because I know, you know, God bless them. Some people are out there for six, nine, you know, 12 months. So. You know, I got, I don't want to say really lucky per se, but just the job that I was doing only required me to be there for four months. Right, yeah, because I know a lot of people, when they, they have to go, they have to go for a long time. Yes, Very now I almost time. went for a long time. They tried to actually uh, send me to Afghanistan right after that. Whew. Yeah, so that would have been, I would have been going for like eight months, man, but things happened and I ended up coming home when I was supposed to. All right, so... Was it hard to adjust when you, I mean, obviously I know you must have experienced some things. Yeah. Was it hard? What was your adjustment like when you came back home after an experience like that? Well, so 
before we uh, actually uh, got back to the United States, we stopped in Germany, and um, we were we were on the Air Force base that has like a huge mall, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the, the I guess the lobby of the hotel that this mall is in. Um, so we got to go in there, and that was the first time I heard like kids. I didn't realize, you know, I've been gone for so long. I hadn't hear, you know, heard any children crying or laughing. Wow. So it was like kind of a, maybe like a shock, not too crazy, but it kind of threw me off because I was just, I've been around adults for like the last, you know, with training included, like six months, four months in Iraq and around nothing but adults mm. working. Uh, we work seven days a week, 12 hour days. So it was a, it was definitely a, it was different coming back I had to sit down you know it didn't shock me to the point where it was like oh my god i'm crying but it, it did kind of shock me it's like man i really haven't heard any children anything so you know it was cool man yeesh that's yeah, right. <laughs> no that, that's just that's just <laughs> surreal to think about you know because in everyday life these are things we're so used to being around like things like just traffic airplanes helicopters mm-hmm. flying over seeing people of a certain color things like pets yeah. and stuff like that. It's weird to have that stripped, well, not stripped away, but it's weird to not yeah. be around that. And then you kind of get this, start to develop kind of like a new norm almost. And then when you right. come back, it kind of gives you a different lens. Right. It's a whole new shift, man. I, I'm not going to lie. Wow. I mean, and then over there, man, you're working, like I said, seven days a week. What? So you, you really, <laughs> seven days a week, man. Ooh. <laughs> No days off, brother. Um, but yeah, man, seven days a week. I work three p.m. to three a.m. every day, um, or every evening, if that if that makes sense. And um, it was kind of like uh, you just get in a routine, so you just don't think about anything else. It's just kind of muscle memory at the end of the day. I do your job, and then what I would do at night, just to kind of keep me sane, is uh, I would uh, I had a calendar. I would just X out the days. That w- that would be my um my little ritual. At the end of the day, after working out, you know, coming from work, go work out and everything, get back to the room, and then I'll cross my day out and go to sleep. Man, counting the days. So, <laughs> how, what, um, dang, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I had a good-ass question for you. Oh, so, okay, you're back. You're starting to get adjusted. So, how much different is your job? Well, how much different was your job once you got back? Um, not really different, man. Um, I did the, I did the, you know, as much as I can say, I worked the mission until I got, I guess you can call it a lateral promotion. I worked for the department of training in my, um, in my unit and department of weapons and tactics. So it was a different ball game. I, I was working out, I had a Monday through Friday job. Okay. Um, mostly just centered around training, um, you know, training the, uh, you know, Intel analysts. And just better in the unit, but I mean it was cool, man. Okay. I mean I was I mean either way when I when I came back I was still working twelve hour shifts, um, maybe not every day, but <clears throat> you know nothing too much changed from that, man. Um, but then w- when I went to the Department of Training, I finally was able to get a regular felt like I had a regular job. Got you. So your new norm. Yeah, man. So <clears throat> what? Man, I want to ask. Okay, I'm gonna ask you this question. So try yeah, to answer ahead. it as best as you can. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to ask you questions that I know you can probably <laughs> answer. Um, 
So with this experience, what has been, I guess, the hardest part for you to deal with as a person? Because I know, you know, I'm not going to say a lot of people, but a lot, um, I am going to say a lot of people. A lot of people know that members of the military, you all go through a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. we hear the stories about, you know, PTSD and things of that nature. So what are Mm -hmm. some of the things that you've had to deal with? Uh, From that, in that regard? Yeah. So... Uh, as far as PTSD, so I have not been formally diagnosed. Okay. Um, to be honest with you, I'm kind of scared too, but that's just, that's, a, you know, personal, but, uh, I know that sometimes I feel a certain way and I know it's not normal, you know, like I can, you know, talk to some of my other uh, buddies in the military and we'll talk about some of the things we experienced. And then it's like, you just go down that. I don't know, man, you kind of phase out. You just start talking about it like you're right there again, you know? Right. Like, don't get me wrong. I did have fun in Baghdad, but we also had some, uh, I can say, some interesting times. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's still a war zone. So, clearly, there's folks that want to hurt you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you got to basically, you know, with the uh, rules of engagement, you have to wait to be engaged before you can take mm-hmm. off on somebody. So, you know, little things like that, you know? You know, praying that you don't get hit with something, uh, you know. But going back to what you're talking about, what I've learned to kind of do, man, is I have to separate my work from home. And it took me a while to do that. I've been in for 11 years now. And like you said, I was pretty young when we went, you know, when I went in. Um, I think you just have to learn to separate. And then as you get older and you make rank, you start to become a little more mature in that position so you can help other people. So that's what has helped me to kind of get through those type of those moments. Cause I've seen a lot of things that, you know, me and you've had conversations about. Right. Um, and I, I, I still see them, you know, when I close my eyes and it makes me think about my kids, it makes me think about my family, think about you, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, I know that what I'm doing is, uh, is, is preserving our nation's security. Yes, so we definitely appreciate you and thank you for your service, man, because, yeah, I can only imagine, man, I I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, you, you I, can. No, 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 I'm can good. You do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to be honest, man. I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just, I could only imagine, man, like, I mean, I know Hollywood is Hollywood, but when I think yeah. of movies and stuff like that and even clips that they just show in the news, I'm like, yo, there are people like near that like there are yes. some people 20 feet 10 feet hell 50 feet away from that would you know like this is real this is not tv this is not a movie and mm-hmm. you know you're the closest person to me that has been able to share just a little bit nothing that he's not supposed to share for whoever's listening um with me about <laughs> some of the things that you experience and i'm just like damn yeah man it get it can get rough at times but you know, I, the, the way I kind of got through it too, man, is I mean, you're not by yourself. That's one of the biggest things. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not by yourself. So it'd be different if you had to go through it alone and it, it, it could consume you. You know, when I first, uh, my first duty station was in Florida uh, doing a special mission. And I'm going to be honest, man, they almost consumed me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm newly married too. And it's like, I got to come home and I can't speak about my job. And I just seen yeah. some crazy stuff. And I'm like, man. <laughs> I know that must suck. Because that's like, yeah. you know, that's one. That's like a, 
that's like a staple of conversations when people get home. Yeah. It's like, how was work and what's going on at work? Like, you yeah. can't <laughs> vent to your best friend and your wife. Yeah. That's just, oof. yeah, man. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna pay some bills real quick, and I can't even talk. We're gonna pay some bills real quick, and we'll be right back, and we're gonna talk about muscle over money. We'll be right back, y'all. Don't go anywhere. I'm sure you've never considered adding a coloring book to your bedroom repertoire, but Love and Lust is the adult adult coloring book full of sensual imagery sure to get things heated up. I'm Jessica Van, and I help individuals and couples to enhance their sexual experiences through learning to prioritize their pleasure. I'm a licensed therapist, and I developed this coloring book as a way to eliminate the shame sometimes associated with sex and increase healthy conversations about true intimacy. Love and Lust is accompanied by the Essential Love and Lust Toolbox, which is online and offers therapeutic exercises sure to spice up things in and out of the bedroom. Head over to EnvisionCounselingLLC.com and get your Love & Lust Toolkit today. From my experience, podcast listeners get 25% off when you use promo code FME. Get your copy of Love & Lust today and add a little color to your sexy. All right, we bike, we bike, we bike. Um, so let's talk about, so I'm gonna rewind a little bit. I was about to jump right into muscle over money. So let's talk about your personal fitness. Obviously with your background in the military, you had to stay in shape. You had to stay in shape. So talk to us about your journey in fitness and kind of what led to you um, creating your muscle over money brand. Okay. Well, I mean, you said it, you said it best, man. Oh. Uh, you have to be, you have to be in shape. Right. Uh, in the military. Um, I remember a funny story before I get into it. It was this guy, man. I, I'm not even going to say his name. Oh my God. I'm going to say his first name. His name was Tommy. Okay. okay. And Tommy was a strong 200 something pounds, man. It had to be at least 230. Um, he ended up getting, uh, what they call, uh, wash back in basic training so uh basic training is uh, conducted in a series of phases right you know week one week two etc well mr tommy got washed back in week three and we never saw him again oh so uh right as uh my unit was graduating from basic training this guy this guy ran over to our unit we was on we was uh practicing uh, for information and getting ready for all the parade and all that stuff for the uh, graduation. And this guy, the skinny dude ran over to us and my, uh, uh, the equivalent of a drill sergeant in the Air Force is a, a training instructor, a TI, mm -hmm. military training instructor. And he said, Tommy, <laughs> <laughs> it was Tommy. Tommy had, Tommy had lost a strong 50 pounds. Ooh. So they, they worked him, man. They got him where he needed to be. But uh, back to what you're talking about. Yeah, man, you have to have a certain level of fitness. Um, you know, we take PT tests every six months or every, uh, every year, depending on your score. Um, you cannot score below a 75 <laughs> or you will be going to fat camp. So, so okay. Talk to us. Give, I've always wanted to know this. What, can, yeah. can you talk about what that entails and like how you're scored? 
Yes. So in the Air Force, you're scored off of your um, ability to do push-ups, sit-ups, your uh, waist, you know, circumference, and uh, a mile and a half run. So maybe not in that order, if I can uh, go back. Uh, you first get your height and weight checked. Then you go in a room, you lift up your shirt, and they uh, measure your waist. Okay. And um, so once your waist measurement starts, your test starts, uh, waist measurements are, are also scored, right? Oh, interesting. Yes. So once you do that and everybody's uh, measured, then you go to the uh, the fitness area and you start doing your push-ups, your sit-ups, and uh, get a maybe like a 10-minute break, depending on how long it takes people to finish. And then you go run for a mile and a half. And mind you, all these things are timed. Your push-ups and sit-ups, you have to do a certain amount in one minute. Um, and depending on your age, the number is either higher or lower. And uh, then you have your mile and a half run, which you have to have, you have to have done in a certain amount of time. I believe for men uh, within my age bracket, you can't go over 13 minutes and 30 seconds. I believe that's what it is. But you don't want to be there. You want to pass. So. Gotcha. Yeah. But I mean, it all, it's all it's all different, man. It depends on your age range and um, if you have any uh, a waiver for certain fitness things, you can bypass a push-ups or bypass sit-ups, et cetera. But yeah, it's a score. You score out of 100 points. And like I said before, if you have a below a 75, again, you're going to fat camp. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever have to go? You never had to go to fat camp, did you? <laughs> Absolutely not, sir. Okay. I didn't think another, so. There'd be none of that fat camp here. <laughs> <laughs> so... What, what sparked the idea for Muscle Over Money? Obviously, you're into fitness is a part of your life now, part of your yep. job, basically. Yep. So what what happened? Was it a bowl of cereal at two o'clock in the morning? Talk to us. <laughs> so I'll make it I'll make it quick. I initially started out wanting to be a, a personal trainer, wanted to go the online personal trainer route. Um, honestly, not I'm not I'm not in that space to be able to do that. You know, ethically, I want to be in better shape. Um, to be able to go out and teach other people. It's not to say I'm not in shape, but I'm, I'm somewhat of a, I don't want to say perfectionist, but I like things to be to be right, and I like to be ethical. So I put that on the back burner. But what I was thinking of is I have a business, I have an LLC, Brandon Powermore Fitness, and I was thinking, what can I do with it in the meantime, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what I uh, thought about was, you know, clothing, fitness apparel, and you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts in the morning about, uh, you know, fitness and starting your own brand. And and then this, I don't know, this idea of muscle over money popped up in my head. Um, I was listening to, I believe it may have been Ty Lopez, I believe. I think that's his name. Anyway, he posed the question of if somebody gave you, you know, a, a vast amount of money, $100 million, a billion dollars, right, whatever. Right. Uh, but the contingency would be that you were – to be sick and couldn't get out of bed uh, for the rest of your life, would you take the money? Um, me personally, I would not. You know, what's the point of, you know, being a billionaire or even you know a millionaire, and you can't enjoy your wealth? Right. So that that is the premise of muscle over money. Um, and the other part about it is, uh, you know, I wanted to have my own. You know, I I see a lot of brands out here that don't cater to people like us right um but also i see them taking advantage of of our spending power you know i, I hear a lot of people you know uh, boast about 
the black American dollar is, you know, we have the trillions of dollars or a trillion dollar spending power, yet we don't keep money in our community, but for six hours. Right. So those things started to get to me and I said, you know what, I want to do something. I want to not only wear my own clothes, but I want to produce a brand that people feel proud to be able to wear, that know they're not being taken advantage of, that their dollar is valued, um, and, and that we're promoting a good thing, which is health before wealth. It's not necessarily health over wealth, because I would love to be healthy and wealthy, right? I think anybody would. Yeah. Um, so I say health before wealth, you know. Yeah. I, as long as, yeah, as long as you're able-bodied, man, you can get out there and make money. You know, you can do what you need to do. But the moment you get sick, <laughs> you know, things things can change drastically for you. I agree a thousand percent. Much like you, I heard Styles P, one of my favorite rappers, talking mm-hmm. about you know who who's heavy in the health right. now with juice bars and stuff like that. He was talking about how his attitude was, his mood was, and stuff like that, and he was like. Bro, he was like, once my health changed, he was like, I looked at everything differently. He was like, it yes. just changed my entire attitude and everything. Mm-hmm. He was like, if you, he said, you could give an out of shape dude ten thousand or ten or a million dollars, and he'll be miserable because he's out of shape. He's not enjoying it. He's in a bad mm-hmm. mood. Got a nasty attitude. He's just not right inside. He said, you can give right. a healthy man a thousand dollars or ten dollars, and he'll be the happiest person on the world because he has his health. And it makes a hell of a difference, y'all. Like, I, I've been very unhealthy in my life. I was almost 300 pounds at one point. I was north of two, I think I was about 270 or something. And the only way I realized it was I went to the doctor for something. And I got on the scale. And I was like, what? Like, I that, <laughs> that shit paused my life. I'd never been that big in my life, ever. And I was like, whoa. And I had to stop, and I was like, well, what am I doing? And I looked at, well, I wasn't working out, number one. Stress from work, number two. Number three, I was eating like crap. I probably only cooked maybe six times a month, maybe. I was eating out all the freaking time, eating late, supersized, let me get the soda, all this stuff. And once I started taking my health more serious, I noticed a change in my mentality, my confidence, the way I felt the way I attacked the day, the way I attacked my job, everything just changed for the better. And I was like, oh, I need to keep this up. And I pretty much have. Like, I've COVID messed me up a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm back on it now because I could see it and I could feel it. I was like, Mm-mm, we're not going back up there. Nope, 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 nope. We're going <laughs> right. to stay in that, that comfort zone. So I yeah, definitely man. feel you on that. And that's a very... I love the fact that your origin story is as meaningful as it is. You know, it's not it's not a money grab for you, which, you know, some people do it for the money. Hey, I ain't going to knock you if you do it for the money. But I just feel like when there's a business or a brand that has a noble cause behind it, that just makes it that much more important to the community. Right. So you and I have had behind-the-scenes conversations I've cop I copped a hat. You 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 gonna be buying more because I've seen some exclusive designs. So, talk about the phase that you're in now and kind of some of the things you want to continue to do. All right. So, number one, this is like my first attempt at a business. Um, so I'm learning as I go along. Uh, right now, with the uh, coronavirus, uh, my uh, my drop shipper and my manufacturer are kind of kind of getting hit hard. 
So of course I'm being hit hard as well, but right now I'm kind of phasing in. Uh, right now I'm got I got snapbacks uh, mm -hmm. that I'm selling, but my plan is to essentially kind of, if you will, trickle out my uh, products. I'm doing uh, female leggings, uh, sports bras. I'll be doing shorts, swimsuits, etc. Man, anything I get my hands on that that essentially can be athleisure wear, meaning you can wear it in the gym, you can wear it in the streets. That's what I'm going after. Um, but right now I'm just in the process of, of designing all of the, uh, all of the articles of clothing until, uh, this COVID thing passes over, man. And I can start, uh, dropping more products. So do you have a specific audience? Talk to, talk to me about the people that you're targeting. Okay, so when I first, I guess, started this journey, initially it was any and everybody, right? I wanted to, I wanted to cater to everyone, which is impossible. Um, so after doing some soul searching and considering the climate that we're in, I kind of started thinking about it. Like, I don't see anybody really talking about fitness or promoting health. I see a lot of black folks and other people of color have been suffering uh, a lot more from uh, COVID-19 due to uh, pre-existing conditions, uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yes. So what I'm trying to focus on now is those people. That is my target. Um, I want to promote health within our communities of color. I think it's imperative not just, you know, I, it's not just my dream is to see all of us looking like gods and goddesses, right? Right. Um, but my dream is that we can, we can, we can pick ourselves up and, and uh, develop a, a stronger philosophy of being healthy so that, God forbid, when these types of viruses or uh, pandemics uh, that, that we are going to be, uh, going to be dealing with in the future, right? Right. That we can be better equipped from the inside out. Yes. That's that's very important. Your your health yes. plays a I mean, if y'all haven't learned by now how important your health is with COVID nineteen, I don't know what the hell else to tell you. Honestly. <laughs> like <laughs> this should have shown you that, you know, I need to get it together. Like you've had most of us have had more time than we could have ever dreamed of to really stop and think about this and get it together. Cause I can't tell you, it looks like a parade when I go to the store. Like when I go drive somewhere, cause I do everything early in the morning, it's people on both sides of the streets, walking up and down, dogs, kids, mm -hmm. bikes, all that stuff. And I love to see it. I love to see people getting out and getting healthy. Um, and you're correct. And I love the fact that I love the fact that you're targeting those specific people because those of you listening who don't know, when you are unhealthy like that and you have some of these diseases or you have the potential of getting some of these diseases, getting yourself healthy by changing your diet, by exercising and things of that nature, you can reverse some of this stuff. You can stop it. When mm -hmm. you're not doing those things, you're helping it continue to grow and manifest and take over. You can you can stop some of this stuff. Your body is built to fight. It's a fighter, it's fighting all the time. You have everything you need within you. 
But it's like, are you going to help those systems along by doing what you're supposed to do? Or are you going to continue to damage those systems and make them work twice as hard? Right. So, I can't... So, alright. So, your... And we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. But I yeah, want babe, you. <laughs> I want you to talk more about your your program that you your program that you <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God>. your program. <laughs> okay, so uh, when I first started the Brandon Powermore Fitness uh, LLC, my goal was to provide online personal training. Um, before I got to that point. I think it was maybe five years back, man, I had developed a workout plan, a conditioning plan for myself mm-hmm. um, to, ki- to keep me in shape for uh, the physical training uh, test uh, that I had to take every six months or every year, right, depending on my score. Right. Um, so I had been doing that same routine over and over and over again, and it, it, it worked. <laughs> and I guess, you know, I never thought about it. I mean, I was kind of in my own world. I was like, why don't I just share it? Right. Um, so I initially... Uh, pushed for the personal training route. Um, I let a few people try. I had an app and everything, man. I still have it, but uh, you know, I, I got to go back and rebrand uh, that part of my business. But I, I mean, I had people doing it, man, and it works. Uh, one of our line brothers did it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lost tw- he lost 20 pounds. Of course, that wasn't uh, uh, just with him following my plan. He was eating healthy, you know, drinking his water. You know, making sure that he was uh, getting enough sleep. Uh, so it's not just the working out part of it, man. It's the diet. You know, it's, it's what you consume um, that helps to fuel your body through workouts like that. So, yeah, I mean, I still have the program itself. I think I'm going to do some, I'm going to, you know, do some revamping. Yes. Um, and funny that you mentioned that. I'll be quick about it. Um, I'm actually looking at rebranding and, and promoting other people's uh, fitness programs and, and uh, Instagrams, et cetera, right? Just putting people out there for free. Right. Um, just promoting fitness among people of color. If you're doing something for people of color uh, to help uh, pr- promote and, and to lower blood pressure and lower, you know, cholesterol and to attempt to, you know, to reverse diabetes and things like that, I want to highlight you um, so that people can see you in any way I can. And that I want to do for free. And y'all be able to contact him on Instagram. It will be in the description. Muscle over money on Instagram. So if you're listening, here's an opportunity. You gotta take now's the time for action. I was just talking about this on my solo episode I did, episode 150. I've been telling people, you're one of the people um, that inspired that, you know, conversation I was having with myself to the people. Now's the time, man. This this is like the world literally has stopped. It's about to stop again. I've talked to a couple of people across the country in different places, and they're about to go back into lockdown because these COVID cases are spiking. So it's like, what are you doing with this time? This this will probably never see anything like this again, probably. So it's like, what have you done differently? This is that idea that's in the back of your mind or whatever it is you've been working on, tinkering with. I think now's the time. And what you're doing is very noble and i appreciate that man there people always think that giving back has to be monetary it doesn't you know what i'm saying it doesn't have to be monetary all the time you can give back in a lot of different ways and um can't wait to buy some more gear from you bro 
I appreciate that, man. Oh, I must caveat with my must over money Instagram. It is quite bare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went through it. I went through it. <laughs> <laughs> Not bare. Oh, oh, it's it's quite bare. Yes. <laughs> I went through a re, you know, like I said, the whole rebranding thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I rebranded everything, so I'm gonna start posting in there. But if people want to contact me, I mean, hit me up in the DMs. You know, I will respond. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty bare, man. I got a I got a lot of work to do, a lot of content to create. So and maybe I'll help. Uh, need your help with that. <laughs> oh yeah, you already know, man. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. All right, LB, it's been great talking with you. I got one last question for you, um, okay. and I ask this of everyone that I have on the show. So for anyone thinking about, so this is going to be twofold for you. So okay. your words of wisdom for any young man, young woman looking to either join the military, any branch of the military, or start their own business, or do both, kind of like what what you did. What words mm -hmm. of wisdom do you have for them? Okay, can I go backwards? Can I start the business part first? Absolutely. I would say this: don't don't think too much about what it is that you want to do. Um, you know, start moving and acting on it. Um, I use an app called Mindly. M I N D L Y. It's a brainstorming app, a mind mapping app that I use to get my ideas out. Don't just think about it. Start moving on those things. Um, I have no experience in business, right? But uh, with the job that I currently do in the military and and just the things that have been instilled in me and values that the military has given me, it's propelled me to where I am right now. And I'm still working just like everybody else. So that's what I would say is stop thinking so hard. And that was a problem I had. Same. Stop thinking, stop thinking, yeah. Stop thinking so hard. Put your ideas out there, write them down or put them in your phone and then just go. And you'd be surprised where you'll end up. I mean, I know that may seem cliche to some people, but to me, it took it took my wife. It took Robert. <laughs> it took my commander. It took people saying, you think too much, man. Just do it. And so here we are. Um, as far as the military, um, I would say this in all transparency. You know, a lot of people, when they're asked, why do you want to join the military? They say, oh, you know, I want to serve my country and I want to no, no. The, 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 the truth of the matter is you may be in a place where, you know what, this is my last chance to get it or I need this job or I need this money right now or I, I really want to just travel, you know. Um, you know, there are several reasons why people want to join the military. Um, I'm a strong believer that once you touch down at basic training, wherever that be, whether, you know, you go uh, the Army, Air Force, Marines, Navy route, mm -hmm. I can guarantee you by the time you finish basic training, you, you, your desire to want to serve your country will be dual purposed with what uh, you initially signed up for. Um, so I would tell people the, most, the, the best, I would say, some, somewhat of a suggestion I could give is go in knowing why you're going in if that makes sense. Yes. If it is to travel, if it is I want my school paid for, you know, because yeah. you get your school paid for through tuition assistance program through the government, right? If it is that, if it is I just want to get out of my hometown, if it's I'm broke, whatever it is, just be true to yourself and be transparent with yourself about why you're doing it. Because I guarantee you, you'll probably still feel that way, but you're going to, you're definitely going to, uh, 
you're going to be a different person when you come out the other side of that. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Thank you once again, LB, for joining us. This will not be the last time you're on because I know that you're going to be successful and we're going to continue to talk about muscle over money and your journey through life. So I look forward to that day. Hopefully it's not when we're old and gray. Hopefully it's soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks, man. No problem. I want to also thank all of our listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in and supporting the show. Y'all already know where you can find us. Instagram, FME underscore podcast. Um, If you want to holler at us, fmepodcast1 at gmail.com. Don't forget to join the Facebook group, From My Experience Podcast. We love y'all once again. Hope you're being safe. Hope you're taking care of yourself mentally, physically, and financially. And we will catch y'all next time. Peace.